Blog Talk Radio. Hey, welcome everybody to Girl Power Hour. I keep wanting to say Girl Power Half Hour, but we've upgraded. <laughs> we have upgraded. Yay. My name's Annette Bingham, and Sasha Humphreys is here with me. Hello, everyone. Um, I, first off, I wanted to say thanks to Elizabeth Harbin for stepping in and being our first show back. Um, oh, my goodness, yes. I've, she was awesome. I really enjoyed it. She's got so much yeah. to talk about. I was on the phone with her last night for a couple of hours, and um, it was really, we had a really good talk. But if you want to get in contact with her, contact her through her Facebook page. Just go to facebook.com forward slash eharbin, H-A-R-B-I-N, card reader. And that'll take you to her Facebook page, and you can contact her there. Um, she's doing a lot of transitioning and a lot of changes going on, and we were talking about that last night, and we're both very excited about it. So um, contact her and see what she's got going. Hey, and, that's exciting. Way to go, Elizabeth. Yeah, she's really she's doing some really cool stuff, and um, it just a uh, Matter of necessity, you know, sometimes we're thrown into situations where we have to make changes. And when we do, they're usually really cool changes. <laughs> so she's she's on that path now. <clears throat> but we also talked last night about um, this whole new moon solar eclipse thing going on. Yeah, has, that whole mood-changing solar eclipse thing that's going on. <laughs> has anybody's butt been kicked for that? I mean, <laughs> oh, my gosh. These last two days have just been, I'm just in a hole. <laughs> yeah, I just yeah. go into a little hole, and I stay there because I know it stays there. But, um, I, I've, we talked I've about on via Facebook that you're not the only one. It seems like there are a lot of people that have been uh, certainly uh, dealing with the repercussions of this, of this eclipse. And she, yeah, we, we talked about that and how um, it is definitely a changing time for a lot of us, for most of us. And um, it's tough, but once, we get past it, then it'll be a lot better. But my gosh, can we hurry? <laughs> I'm like, I'm so ready. But and I've noticed that my face, you know, because I ask people on my Facebook page, "Has anybody else been feeling this?" And everybody's going, "Well, yeah." They're <laughs> <laughs> all going through it. So just breathe, and um, we'll be through this shortly. But yesterday and today, I always, I always words, reference so. um, Finding Nemo when I get in those situations, and I and I tell myself to just keep swimming, just keep swimming, yeah. just keep swimming, <laughs> just keep swimming. That's what we do. We swim. <laughs> okay, I've never watched Finding Nemo. Oh my goodness! And my dad. Oh my Am goodness! Yes. Anyone out there listening? Everyone out there listening? For goodness' sake, please send a message to this woman via our Facebook page or 
her personal page and tell her that she must watch Finding Nemo. It is one of the most fabulous movies, and it actually goes very well with the topic that we'll be discussing today, which I will let you introduce. Oh, cool. Well, I've I've watched Mad- Madagascar was one of my favorites, and um, oh yeah, m- uh, my grandkids were pretty embarrassed when that first came out, and we watched it because I was running around like the little uh, uh, penguins. And the little, <laughs> how they would fight, you know. So they, I, oh, I, I would pay to see that. Lot. I'll, I'll do it for you sometimes. <laughs> Please do. Let's video it and let everyone listen to you. No, well. no. <laughs> okay, so to our topic today, um, and also kids' movie, uh, <laughs> we're going to be talking about life skills. And Tasha, I was a little disappointed when you posted that it's not going to be about cooking. Oh, um, sorry. Sorry to disappoint you on that. I could use some tips. <laughs> but, uh, uh, I know that life skills is kind of a broad term. And when we think of life skills, we think of Balancing a checkbook, cooking, doing your laundry, um, finding a job, you know, that type of thing. And I wish I, are things that I wish they taught in our schools, but agreed, agreed. not always. Yeah. And also the topics we're going to be talking about today, um, I really feel like need to be taught in school. Agreed 100% on that. I don't know if if it needs to be just one class or if it just needs to be throughout our education, but um, these are topics that we we need to discuss and learn, and hopefully at a younger age than what most of us are learning in right now. So I'm really going to turn it over to you, Tasha, because you're the one that's um, got all the info and all the good stuff for this. So okay. life skills. <laughs> what are they? Well, and let me let me say they actually do. I mean, if you now, granted, we know that you and that Bingham have not seen Finding Nemo, but if you do watch it, which is your homework to now, you know, you're going to have that as a homework assignment. I'll be checking in on that. Um, <laughs> life skills is actually a, it's a big part of that movie, quite honestly. Um, and I do think, and I 100 percent agree, life skills need to be taught. Not only just the ones that you mentioned, but people typically think of when you mention life skills, but also the ones that we're going to discuss today. And let me uh, just kind of clarify, when I talk about life skills, it's not what, what, what you talked about, like balancing a checkbook, learning to cook, finding a job, all of that. I kind of see those as survival skills. Now, most people in this day and age might see survival skills as being able to live outdoors and the zombie apocalypse and survive. But I think more along the lines of, you know, what gets our physiological needs met. I think those are survival skills. Life skills to me are what helps us thrive. So we're not just merely surviving, we're actually thriving. And that's what we're discussing today. Um, You can look up life skills online, really, honestly. You're going to get numerous variations. Um, Everybody kind of has a different school of thought on life skills. And it honestly just... It it ends up boiling down to semantics. Um, 
I don't have a seal in my house, by the way. My dog's coughing, just in case you can hear oh. that. Um, but uh, there's a variation on it. There's different schools of thought. Um, it really does just boil down to semantics. Like some, where, where I might say accountability as a life skill, someone else might say, you know, listening to that which you least want to hear, which I see as accountability. So let me give you one school of thought on life skills, and then I'll give you some variations that I would personally throw in there and then we'll just kind of discuss it. Um, most people see life skills as seven pieces, one being focus and self-control, and uh, two being perspective-taking, which honestly would kind of relate to dealing with change because it's trying to see the bigger picture, uh, have a different perspective. And, you know, when they say you can't see the forest for the trees, well, this is about seeing the trees and the forest, being able to see right. the bigger picture, um, which always helps us deal with change. Three is communicating. So we'd be looking at, like, listening and careful confrontation and I statements, which we can come back to later. Four is making connections. So obviously connecting with others and being able to make new friends. Critical thinking is number five. So problem solving would be in, in play there. And I also think, you know, sometimes people don't really understand what critical thinking thinking is. There's a quote that, honestly, I don't know who the person is that said it. So forgive me, whoever out there, dead or alive, I'm not giving credit to. But it's certainly not mine, so I'll just say that. The awakening of the intellect, beautiful hmm. way to define critical mm -hmm. thinking. But if you just look up the definition, it's, you know, basically forming a judgment or decision based on objective evaluation and analysis. So taking the time to actually objectively sit back and analyze something before you make a judgment on it. Um, so that's where I kind of play, like I think about problem solving and conflict resolution rather than just jumping in, <laughs> shooting from the hip, you take a minute to breathe and think objectively. Yeah. Um, six is taking on challenges. That's another area of dealing with change. So when you talk about like the solar eclipse and how it's really forcing a lot of change on people, taking on challenges I also think applies there. So it's being able to step out of your comfort zone and confront and face challenges, which helps you be more proactive rather than reactive. Um, you know, a lot of times people will wait for something to happen before they do anything about it. And that is a very reactive state to be in. So if you just take on the challenge before it becomes a bigger one, then you're mm -hmm. not only being proactive, but you're being preventative as well, which I think prevention, just an ounce of it, certainly goes a long way. And then the last one, but not least, is self-directed, engaged learning. And I don't necessarily just apply that to education in the sense of, you know, math and um, English and whatnot. I, I really apply that to personal growth and mm -hmm. self-awareness, emotional development, and emotional intelligence, really learning to grow those aspects of ourselves and, uh, you know, learn to be a better person, learn to be a better parent, learn to be a better friend, learn to be a better partner, whether that's in business or in relationships, because I think that's one area, like you said about teaching it in school, that's one area we really fail in as humans yeah. is we forget yeah. that, you know, we are in, in interpersonal relationships all the time. That is a, a biggest aspect of our existence. And yet we're not constantly learning how to relate and we're, we're failing there, which is why you see a lot of our relationships, you know, on every level, whether it be from individual, personal to all the way up to political, you see relationships failing left and right because people don't learn 
um, these life skills that really just help them relate to each other. Um, and well, you really honestly have to in. teach yourself. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, let me jump in. Yesterday when I was in my hole, I was <laughs> just chilling and watching some TV. And one of the judge shows came on. And... Uh, People's Court, I think it was. And this grandmother was doing a dance teacher for her granddaughter. And it was very clear that this child had no skills on how to relate to other people because she quit the dance team numerous times just because she didn't like what the teacher told her. Wow. So that that to me shows that, you know, we're missing out on a lot of that, you know, skill on how to, you know, and the judge made the point, you know, you're going to run into people a lot meaner than her, <laughs> you know, yeah. you're going to have to learn how to deal with people on a, a different level. Well, and that's a whole, you know, that's a whole other topic, which, of course, we'll get to at some point in our show. But, you know, what you're talking about is this age of entitlement. I mean, we're just we're just left and right raising kids that are entitled mm-hmm. and they don't they don't have these life skills. And people hear that word entitlement. And honestly, unless you've experienced it, they might not think of it as such a negative thing because the word itself doesn't yet have a very negative stigma right. attached to it. However... If you think about it like this, you know, I, I write about this all the time. We've talked about it on shows in the past. We'll talk about it again. But the perversion of parenting, you know, the idea that your job as a parent is to raise a happy child when, in fact, your job mm-hmm. as a parent is to launch a healthy adult. It's not about keeping them happy. Capable. It's about making sure they're yeah. healthy. Yeah, exactly. And when you teach a kid that they can stop doing something because they don't like the way the teacher talks, well, you're not teaching them any life skills. More importantly, you're robbing them of life skills. And right. you're robbing them of the ability to learn not only the skill that she was being taught, but also how to resolve conflict and how to deal with situations where there's a challenge or confrontation or a lack mm-hmm. of acceptance. I mean, that's that's just the real world. We have to learn how to not only survive in that world, but to thrive in it. Right. So, you know, um, I really honestly think that those particular seven that I that I mentioned and how they apply even to, like, the example that you gave, I would add to those, um, and, and maybe I'm just kind of using different terms for some of them. Like I said, there's variations. and But I, I, I often um, think about caring habits and deadly habits, and I'll get to those in a bit, but but I add a few of those in as as life skills. And so the other variations say this, and then also I have added kind of my own personal favorites. But, but I would add in there, you know, listening and communication. Um, I believe communication is key to everything in this world, and you know that. It, anybody out there that knows me knows that. I, I preach it all the time. I try very hard to practice it. Um, but listening and communication to me, and, and a lot of people consider listening a part of communication, but I feel like when we say communication, often people think of talking. Um, they don't really understand that listening is a part of that. But right. I really believe that's a big missing factor. You know, we've got all sorts of new ways to communicate now, but unfortunately our communication is broken down because we also have 
you know, in the same in the same sentence, in the same breath that I could say we have more ways to communicate, we also have more ways to avoid it. Um, so yeah. I just feel like that's a bigger a bigger issue for us right now. And then accountability, which I can't say that one enough. <laughs> um, I say that one all the time as well. But accountability is a big piece um, as well for life skills. I think you really have to own your own part in everything. And then learning to let go, which is a huge piece, just whether that be letting go of a person, letting go of a relationship, letting go of a job, letting go of an idea, letting go of, like, for instance, what you were saying about the solar eclipse and how changes are happening. Well, you know, you just, you have to let go of the old life or the old things, the, mm-hmm. the old plan, whatever it is, and just ride the wave and let and let yeah. it carry you into the new. And, and you posted that on your page that, you know, you were just going to relax and, and ride the wave. And that's exactly what, to me, that's what learning to let go is about. Um, well, one compassion thing I, I've, I've, and, oh, sorry, go ahead. I, um, my one of my sons is really into environmentalism and primitive skills and that sort of thing. And um, he, I gave me a book to read, and part of on um, part of the book there was he taught this guy talked about, you know, if you're if you fall into a moving river, mm-hmm. if you start fighting that flow, you're going to sink. You're going to get water in your mouth. You're going to drown. He said, but if you just relax into it, Mm -hmm. just relax and allow that flow to take you where it's going to go, you will end up in a much better place. You'll be able to get out of that flow, you know, eventually. But you've got to relax and you've got to just allow it. Exactly. So well, and it's just wonderful. like that's a, a wonderful analogy, and I, you know, you can feel that analogy. And and another one that I could use, and just because I saw it today, you know, our our dear friend, our our new dear friend, Skylar Liberty Rose, um, who lives in New York City, she uh, will actually be a guest on our show at some point. I'm excited about that too. So, uh, yay for that. We'll certainly make a big announcement mm-hmm. before she uh, comes on and talks. But you know, along with that, I would I would add she had talked today about how she'd been fighting getting sick. She'd been fighting it for a mm-hmm. while. And she just finally let go and succumbed yeah. <laughs> to the to the illness and just let it take over. And she said there was a peace in that. And, you know, the truth of it is, same with the river analogy. You can fight and fight and fight, but if you keep getting up and keep going to work and keep doing all the things that you think you need to do and just continue to try to fight that, really what ends up happening is you get worse. You get more sick. It's Mm -hmm. actually better to just let go, succumb to it, let yourself rest, give yourself the rest that you need so that you can heal. Otherwise, you're just going to end up in the hospital. I mean, I I know from my past experience the times that I've fought it and continue to do what I thought I needed to get done and avoid self-care, which I preach all the time now, Mm-hmm. I ended up with walking pneumonia, and I would have ended up with full-blown pneumonia had I continued to do so. So it's the same situation. Learning to let go is really what avoids everything becoming worse, if not fatal. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That's true. Um, and then past that, I would add compassion and sympathy. Um, that speaks to forgiveness as well. So, you know, like I said, there's different schools of thoughts, and so the semantics there, some people might say forgiveness. But for me, compassion and sympathy just really, uh, or empathy, sorry, just really learning to see 
see the world through other people's eyes, not just your own, and and trying to have a, a broader mm-hmm. perspective, just a very feminist view. Um, you know, that's that's what feminism is about is is really seeing the world through other people's perspectives and and not just your personal. Um, so that's a big piece for me. Conflict resolution and negotiating differences. There's where like my caring habits come in, which I'll discuss those later. Um, but just being able to resolve conflict rather than uh, avoid it or um, engage or make it worse or become passive aggressive, any of those things, it's just best to just try to learn how to resolve it, face it and resolve it. And along with facing it, I would add careful confrontation. That's part of communication, but it's different because I feel like people are always so afraid and avoiding confrontation of any kind, but there is a way to carefully confront people um, and carefully confront, you know, in any situation, whether it be a person or, or a situation in your life, to, to confront it and face it and deal with it. And then boundaries, that's a huge piece, learning how to set them, learning how to respect them. I remember before I ever got counseling, I had no idea what a boundary was. And mm-hmm. if someone even mentioned that word to me, I mean, my 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 frame of reference was like basketball, you know. I just never really knew what a personal boundary was. I had no idea what that was. So some some of these terms really, you know, probably wouldn't have made sense to me back then, but um, now they really do. And when I talk about boundaries, you know, I'm talking about personal boundaries that people set, both emotional and physical, whether that be, you know, don't touch me, don't hug me, I don't like to be hugged, um, and then learning to ask if you can hug or, you know, ask if that's okay, because um, you're learning to respect that person's boundaries. And then there's emotional boundaries as well. If some people may not like talking about a specific subject, whether they should or shouldn't, um, you have to be able to respect the boundary they set and and learn how to, you know, carefully help them address a situation if, if it needs to be addressed. Learning how to compromise and um, learning to practice self-care. And then another, which the self-care piece is, again, kind of like what Skylar Liberty Rose was dealing with, just really learning how to let it go and <laughs> realize we've got to practice self-care and, and take care of ourselves first. Um, and then supporting and encouraging, which is another caring habit. Um, those are the ones that I would add, and, and like I said, some of them may fall into some of those categories, but I think they're extremely important and certainly necessary when it comes to thriving. Again, survival skills help you survive, so that's like food and, and the gathering and preparing of food and having a job and, like you said, keeping a checkbook and personal hygiene. Life skills are more what help you thrive, and that's like stress management, relationship skills, and self-care, and um, the truth of it is, if you don't really have those life skills, your survival skills are impaired because if you don't have interpersonal relationship skills, it's probably going to be hard for you to keep a job because yeah. you don't really know how to deal yeah. with your employer or your coworkers. Um, if you don't practice self-care, you know, personal hygiene may be an issue for you. Um, it, there's all sorts of ways that your life skills can really, if they're not there, the lack of them can impair survival skills. So it's actually important for all of us to have them, not just so we thrive, but also so we continue to survive. Um, We talked about, you and I have talked about in the past, and I know you're going to want to jump in here, um, Maslow's hierarchy of needs. And Mm -hmm. just for those who don't know, that's a psychological Mm -hmm. theory. Um, and if you don't know the background of it, any listeners out there, um, Abraham Maslow in 1943 wrote a paper titled A Theory of Human Motivation. So a big part of that, you know, the piece was that we're motivated by our needs. 
and the hierarchy of needs, and just for the listeners so that they'll know, um, is like this. There's a, there's a pyramid, so imagine in your mind a pyramid. At the bottom of it is our physiological needs, um, so like breathing, food, water. And then above that is safety, and that would be like emotional or physical security of body, mind, and spirit. And then above that is love and belonging, so we're talking about friendship and family. Above that is esteem, so like self-esteem and achievement, confidence. And then at the very top of that pyramid, which is where everybody needs to be, that's where everybody aspires to be, that's the, t- the, the highest place um, you can be is self-actualization. And um, that's where your creativity and spontaneity and problem-solving and acceptance of others and all of that is. Life skills belong up there. That's where life skills are. And if you have life skills, that's where you are. Survival skills are at the bottom. That's where everything is just, you know, about the physiological. So basically when we talk about survival skills, then if that's all you have, but you don't have the life skills at the very bottom of that of that pyramid. This also helps you understand it's not just necessary to understand it for yourself so that you know listeners out there that you that you need it, that you need to learn these life skills and really apply them in your life. But it also helps you be a little bit more compassionate toward the fact that we meet people all the time that are in a totally different situation than we ourselves are. This is where we learn to look at life through other people's perspective. You can't expect someone who is just barely able to survive, you know, because of circumstance, not because of anything that's in their control, things that are out of their control, whether it be, you know, um, social injustice, uh, whatever it is that puts them there. If, If they're at the very bottom of that pyramid, then it is impossible for them to be also at the top, right? So the life skills that we're asking them to have, it's impossible that point because at that point they're just focused on getting food and water you know a roof over their head they're just focused on surviving so you really have to think about the fact that there's a lot of areas in our world today a lot of situations and and, um, I guess scenarios that we could look at but a lot of situations in our world today where we're frustrated with groups of people or we're frustrated with people or individuals or maybe even just you know, when we when we see, like, for instance, I, I've worked in the addiction field forever, and a lot of people get frustrated with drug addicts because, you know, they're active addicts. They're, they're not able to get it together and just, you know, get sober and stay sober. And the truth of it is it's because many of them lack these life skills, quite honestly, as a result of the lack of life skills and as a result of the addiction that took place as a result of the lack of life skills. It's all a big cycle they end up at that at the bottom of that pyramid. And there has to be a program that, you know, and, and obviously some many of them do exist now, thankfully. But there has to be a program in every situation if you want someone to go from poverty, where they're just trying to survive, to the top of that pyramid where they're actually thriving. There has to be some something that helps them get there, you know, from the bottom to the top. You can't just, in other words, sober up the drug addict and expect them to thrive. There has to be life right. skills taught. They have to learn how to right. do that. Same with the homeless. You know, you take a homeless person and get them fed and get a roof over their head. Well, that doesn't necessarily mean they're going to start thriving. You have to you have to have a program to help teach them the life skills that are necessary to continue to move forward and progress. 
in their lives because that's just one piece of the puzzle. Just just the survival piece is the very bottom of that pyramid. All those other things have to happen to get them to the top. Well, and that's why it's so important, I think, that we start with our toddlers. (laughs) We start with our infants. We start there um, to help give them the life skills. And unfortunately, and I know teachers are going to hate me, lots of people are going to hate mail, um, (laughs) they're not giving them those those skills. Now, granted, I've, I've worked with kids a lot throughout my life, and um, I've seen some great teachers try to teach these life skills to the kids. And um, I, I, I praise those teachers, but there are so many that are not focused on any kind of life skills. They're just, because of the higher-ups, they're focused on, well, they've got to learn this, and they've got to learn their alphabet, and how they need to write, and they need this, and they need that. You've got to be able to, the the teachers that I've seen that are teaching life skills, they're teaching those life skills within those subjects. Right. You know, everything is, is um, taught within the whole context of the day that they're there. I mean, from the time they walk into the classroom, the teacher is teaching compassion and empathy, you know, because maybe they see a a child that's having a rough time and they go over and they show that compassion and empathy to that child. Or they encourage another child to go over and make friends with this new student, you know. They're teaching that. And it's just a part of the day. And I don't see a lot of that happening in the classrooms. Now, I haven't been in the classroom in a very long time. So, you know, if if you're out there and you're teaching this, kudos. I think that's wonderful and we need more teachers like that. Great. And let me say, you know, I know that in defense of, and I'm, in, you know, I, I'm just saying this because I've, I've spoken to so many because I have the same exact opinion as you do on that. And, and you know as well that I worked in the school system. I, I, I did substitute teach for some time, but I would never put that on my uh, resume because it certainly was short-lived. Uh, it's not my forte. Uh, again, kudos to all the teachers out there because, my goodness, that is a job I could not do. And I am very thankful for all of you that you do it. Um, however, I did work in the school system. And I will say, and, and mm-hmm. we're probably going to get hate mail for this too, but uh, mail's mail, so that's fine. Um, the school system, in my opinion, the system itself has become very sick. And uh, that's a trickle-down mm-hmm. effect. And I'm not by any means saying that teachers are sick, so please don't take that to to be the statement or the point. The point is that because the system has become sick, the teachers that want to teach life skills are not able to, and the simple reason is because they're so focused on testing and other aspects of their teaching. That allows them to keep their job um, in that way they're not really able to do it. And so the ones that have been able to find a creative way to think outside the box and still teach life skills while meeting the requirements of this now very sick system, 
kudos to you because by all means, I know that it takes a lot. Like I said, when I worked in the school system as a counselor, I tried to fight the good fight on that. But, you know, that goes way above any of our heads and certainly above any of the teachers and uh, even above their faculty and the staff and principals and everything else. It's, it's It's a political issue. And uh, unfortunately, it is an issue. And I do think that that is what impedes a lot of their ability. You know, they they get really run down and unable to really to continue to force patch because I feel like they're just, you know, so tired trying to do what's required of them. It's hard to have the patience to, to add the other. But I will say, um, as, I, as I think and that you would agree, that's where it's important to really make sure that you yourself are continuing to work on your own personal life skills, not only as a teacher, but as a person, so that you have the stress management, um, that you have the self-care and that that serenity and peace that you need when you walk into the the, the classroom, because I can only imagine how stressful um, that job is in this day and age. Well, and also, uh, not to put it all on the teacher's shoulders, because it is not their sole responsibility, um, let's no. talk to the parents. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, yes. I was a single parent. I was by no means the perfect single parent. Mm-hmm. So you couldn't stretch it to say I was. Um, but I think, think what we need to do as parents is to make sure that we ourselves are learning those life skills and a lot of those skills I learned after my kids were grown, you know, plain and simple. So they either caught on from somebody else or were able to say, oh, my God, I don't want to be like mom, so I'm going to do it this way. <laughs> so, you know, they had to make some changes. But as parents, we have to make it a responsibility for ourselves to step out and do better not only for ourselves but for our kids. And when kids see a parent working really hard and not leaving a job just because they don't like it or because um, the boss is quote-unquote mean to them or, you know, they're they're getting in and out of bad relationships constantly, you know, uh, it's... It's really tough, and we've got a lot of single parents and a lot of parents who are together, and it's still tough because you're having to deal with that other person. You're having to deal with that dynamic there and then the dynamics of the child, and we just have to make sure that as parents we're working on ourselves so that we can model that behavior. Agreed. Agreed. And that's where it's key to, you know, just like I was saying earlier, to make sure that you're involved in self-engaging, you know, uh, learning, like self-engaged learning, where you're always working on yourself and trying to make yourself a better person. I am in no way means or fashion or form talking about exercise and losing weight and looking better. Mm-hmm. So please don't think no. that. I'm not a superficial person, and, and that's a whole other topic as well for a later show. But um, I'm talking about your inner self. You know, that's that's the part that matters, and it's certainly the only part that matters to your kid. Your kid does not care how much you weigh. Your kid cares what you do in terms of 
how you treat them and, and what you show them and how you interact with people around them they care about. That's what they're looking at. Um, well, I, I saw I saw a thing on Facebook the other day, and there were parents coming in at, two at a time, you know, husband and wife, and coming in, and the person in front of them said, you know, okay, uh, who would you want to have dinner with, living or dead? And, oh, they were thinking, you know, I'd like to do, you know, have dinner with so-and-so or famous person or Abraham Lincoln or, you know, whatever. They asked the same question to their kids. And the kids were off, you know, the parents were hidden. And they said, I want to have dinner with my family. So I think that is so important to be able to have that relationship with your kids and then because they want that relationship with you and it's really really tough um, to do that when you don't have that you know when they, when they want that relationship and you're denying them and you go in and you're going oh well I want to have din- dinner with Abraham Lincoln and your kids are saying mm-hmm. well I want to have dinner with my parents right I mean, you well, see that, that and, you're modeling something. You need to model that for them. Right. And, you know, honestly, I think you bring up a good, a great point that I, you know, I told you I added some <laughs> to the life skills that I personally liked myself. Um, I just took that liberty. But, you know, I think one of the things is a lot of this stuff was written in a, in a time before texting, you know, before social media, oh before all of that. So, you know, a big piece that you just you really are bringing up here that I think is so important, and I don't really know why I didn't think of it earlier because God knows I preach it a lot and talk about it constantly, but emotional availability. Mm-hmm. I mean, it, it's a big part of life skills, and it's it's one that maybe we never really had to address until now, but um, or at least it, it didn't seem as big of an issue until now. But the man, is years, it a, yeah. Because, you know, parents not being emotionally available to each other, not being emotionally available to their kids or their friends or themselves, quite frankly. I mean, the fact of the matter their is... Partners. I, they're partners. They're not available to their partners. No, you know, and like I've, gone out to, I've gone out to restaurants. I've, I've observed, you know, people eating um, with their families. And I'm not just talking about parents and kids at the dinner table. I'm talking about full-on family gathering, you know, grandparents, family, yeah. um, everybody, everybody there gathering. And, you know, other than maybe the grandparents, I, I've even seen the grandparents, but it's absolutely astounding to sit and observe how many people are just sitting there on their phones. They're talking to people on Facebook or texting people rather than engaging with the people right there with them. And that that not only sends a very strong negative message to the kids who are allowed to sit there and, and have those conversations with people who aren't in the room, but also, you know, it sends a very loud negative message about emotional availability, that there's that, that right. we don't need it and we don't have it. And, and then you wonder later why depression is, is on the rise. You know, people are feeling more and more empty. Well, when you're sitting there on your phone, that's not learning to connect. I mean, we may be connected in social media form, but you're not connecting with another human being. There's a totally different, um, it's a totally different term, really. And I guess we just need to come up with a new well, one. Well, I think, okay, this, this could be a whole show on itself because... Most definitely. Um, 
what what I have seen, I've seen the same thing. I've seen people sitting, eating, and every single one of them, they're not engaging with one another. They're all looking at their phone. They're texting. They're, you know, reading their emails. They're whatever. And it's, it's so disappointing. You know, you, you see this and you're going, are you kidding me? Mm-hmm. And... Uh, both my my young grandsons, um, they're not on. They're two and four. They're not on iPads and iPhones. Right. They're not allowed. <laughs> you know. Mm-hmm. But I have seen a two-year-old or even younger with a phone in their hand. Right. And they're watching movies as they're playing games or they're, you know, and I'm going, are you kidding me? I think our whole, I think online social media has changed who we are greatly. It has changed who we are as um, people. It has changed our relationships. Mm-hmm. Um, it has just changed everything about us, and that's sad because we well, we've got you know a thousand friends on Facebook, but you don't know any of them. But maybe five or ten, right. you don't really know any of them. Well, and I, I wrote a and piece, you know, for uh, the Lubbock Metro Leader about that. I, I it was called Decade yeah. of Disconnection. And, and you bring up that point, and I had mentioned it in that article, um, you know, basically it's the idea that you're surrounded by water and not a drop to drink. You know, if you're out in the ocean, you're surrounded by water, but you can't drink it. It's the same thing with, with social media. You may have, I mean, like 3,000 friends on Facebook, but you actually don't have any friends. You know, like how real friends. How many of them do you hang out that, with? You know, how right. many well, do you are, hang you out know, with? really connect with. Yeah. Yeah. And that's the only way you can really connect with other people is if you actually spend face-to-face time with them. Right. And once you do that, then you can, they could be a million miles away and you can still have that connection. Mm-hmm. But you don't, you know, I remember when I was in Arizona, I had two really close friends. And we hung out all the time. One of them was over at the house constantly. She she was there when my first was born. She was there to teach him really bad habits. Um, she was, you know, she was there. And the other one was a neighbor who was always there. I was there uh, at the death of her daughter. And, you know, I mean, that was connection. And we don't have that anymore. Right. We seriously don't have that anymore. Very well. And, and let me let me jump in and say because you know I I these obviously a lot of us in some ways a lot of this is preaching to the choir. I'm sure some most of our listeners are out there very aware of these issues. But the reason we bring them up is not to just focus on the problem. That's not what we're about here. But just to really bring awareness that isn't necessarily mm-hmm. already there to the issues and the problems. And and 
when you talk about it all in one hour and the scope of it and how it's affecting everything, it's not just affecting individuals. I mean, these lack of life skills doesn't just affect individuals because as individuals, right. whether we like it or not, we are connected. So what affects mm-hmm. one person, like a drop of water changes the entire ocean, you know? So it's the right. exact same thing. One individual has an effect on the entire world. So it, it it is a big deal. It is something we all need to look at. And in terms of parent parenting and, you know, the idea that these kids, I see kids with iPads and iPhones all the time too, just I know what's happening. It's just the same as what my grandparents did when they had to raise me, um, you know, because my mother was absent from her addiction. They stuck me in front of a television, which at that day and age right. is the equivalent of what is now social media, you know, because that's exactly what was yeah. happening then. People were complaining that the TV was the babysitter, and now the iPad is the babysitter. Um, but which unfortunately, what we're doing. Exactly. That's what, that was going to be my point, is what unfortunately is what we've done is taken something that at that point only existed in your home, and now mm-hmm. we've made it portable. So it's like mm-hmm. you have that babysitter, even when you're right next to your kid, you have a babysitter there. So basically you've got a uh, a nanny, you know, a high-tech nanny just sitting there, but they're not teaching your kid anything. In fact, some ways they may be teaching them very bad things. Um, right. They're not doing anything to, to grow your child, um, even if they're on some sort of, you know, learning app or whatever. Um, they're right. still, it's, they're not engaging with another human being, and more importantly, they're missing out on their mom or their dad or their grandparents or their aunt or their uncle right. or whoever is with them that plops them in front of that iPad or that iPhone. You've got to learn one important thing, and I'm speaking to parents right now, as much as I possibly can say this, I mean, I want to say it because as a kid who was neglected, it is important for me to say it. And when I say neglected, I don't mean physically. God knows I had everything under the sun physically provided, but I mean emotionally. And that is the worst form of abuse. You have got to learn, parents. You have children, and now it's not all about you. It is about your kids first. Practice self-care by all means. But self-care is not sticking an iPhone in front of your kids so that you can go shopping and not have to deal with your child. Self-care is about making sure that you get counseling if you need it because there's plenty of free counseling out there. Self-care is about making sure that you read the books you need to read, do whatever you need to do to be a better, healthier you so that you can make your kids a better, healthier them. Absolutely. Absolutely. So when you're talking about life skills as people, maybe not parents, but people in general, where do you begin? I mean, if you really look at yourself and you say, God, I don't have any life skills. You know, I don't I don't even know where to begin. Well, and, and let me say this, you know, to be honest, um, like I said, it's people without life skills that don't really understand a lot of these terms in the first place might not even really know what we're talking about. And, and to that, I would say you're going to have to take a personal inventory to sit down with yourself and, and try to become a little more self-aware. And what I mean by that is sit back and look at your relationships, look at your life, past and present, and how's it working out? You know, that whole Dr. Phil thing, how's that working for you? Um is what you're doing accomplishing your end? If, are you looking at your relationships and seeing a pattern of unhealthy, dysfunctional relationships? And I mentioned caring habits earlier. 
um, I, I mention those a lot. It, caring habits are supporting, encouraging, listening, accepting, trusting, respecting, negotiating differences. Sounds a lot like life skills to me. Um, deadly habits is where a lot of people find themselves. And uh, those are criticizing, blaming, complaining, nagging, threatening, punishing, bribing, or rewarding for control. If you're seeing that your relationships in your life, whether they be professional, personal, whatever they are, are dysfunctional, um, unhealthy, continuously unhappy, if you're finding yourself feeling very empty, if you're really honestly complaining about your life quite often, um, there's a lack of life skills there. And my my go-to every time is is twofold. One, there's information out there. There's books, there's online information, there's articles, there's everything under the sun. And two, counseling. Again, you can find it free. Life coaching, if you don't want to go to counseling, that's fine. What, finding someone you can talk to that will help you gain awareness and, and learn the life skills you need and, and continue on a path of personal growth because that's really what we're all here for. And my goodness, certainly, if you have kids, it is your responsibility um, to do that for yourself so that you can offer them a better opportunity and chance in this life than what you had to begin with. Give yourself something better so you can give it to your kids. Because without life skills, yeah. like I said, survival skills are impaired. And you may as well not teach your kids how to do the survival stuff if you can't teach them the life skills too. And self-actualization is impossible, and we obviously want our, our kids and all of our future leaders to have that ability I won't speak about Trump, but he's one that I think lacks a lot of these. Um, <laughs> dysfunction um, dysfunction is what, what we end up in if we don't have life skills. And when I say dysfunction, I mean like in relationships and personal life, collectively as a world, which we're certainly seeing a lot of dysfunction in our world today, <clears throat> Trump. And in form of mental illness, you know, we also see like addiction, PTSD, depression, anxiety, and codependency, which is one we're going to be talking about on our next show. Um, but where you start, always start with information. Like, you know, when we were kids, knowing is half the battle. You get that from G.I. Joe. Well, that's the truth. Knowing is half the battle. And in this day and age, as much as we harp on social media, we also have access to information. In this day and age, you cannot give yourself the excuse of, well, I didn't know better. Ignorance is bliss doesn't work out today because we have access to information every day. And if you can shove an iPhone in your kid's face to keep them out of your way, you can certainly pull that iPhone into your own hand and look up the information you need to be a better you. And there's there's all sorts of information. There's there's information by Christian authors. There's information by Buddhist authors. There's information by just doctors who have no affiliation with anything. And there's something for anybody out there. And one thing about counseling is you may not like the first counselor you see. Right. So it's your right to say, you know, I appreciate your time, but I don't think we're a good fit. And find, search out another one. And until you find that one that is, that you fit well with, that you can talk to and has great tools to give you and information to share with you. Um, you can that, also that request, just for those, 
just for those out there who are, uh, you know, in a situation where it's not something that they feel that they can afford, you can request two things. One, you can request a counselor that works on a sliding scale because many mm -hmm. of them do. And um, so just because you've seen online their rates or their fees or you've heard their rates or their fees, don't necessarily take that um, and, and use that as an excuse not to go. Don't ever right. find an excuse not to go. Because there's always – I was taught from the time I was a child where there's a will, there's a way. And the second piece of that way is that there is also free counseling, and it's very good counseling. And like Annette said, you can always yeah. – change and shift to another counselor if it's not a fit. But in Lubbock, for local listeners, in Lubbock, Texas, Family Counseling Center is a great place to get free mm -hmm. counseling for not just you, but mm -hmm. your entire family, kids included. Right. So there is no excuse. There is no excuse. And they have there great groups. There. They've got group meetings and they've got individual mm -hmm. counseling. They've and got couples and family. Yeah, specifically for kids. So mm -hmm. they've got all kinds of things um, going there, which is, you know, check it out if you are local because, you know, I, I, it's just you've got to do it for yourself and you've got to do it for the people around you, whether you have kids or not. And if you don't have kids, more importantly, do it for yourself. Um, yes, definitely. Oh, gosh, you know, it it, it just... It makes it, you feel freer when you're mm -hmm. able to have that person to talk to and to vent to, but also to have tools and to say, hey, this is what I'm saying, so why don't you try this, you know? Um, right. It, it's just a great, great tool to use. And book, <laughs> and, and, gosh. And let me, let me jump in and say while you, before you go to the book part, because I, I on the counseling piece, it speaks to that life skill I mentioned, accountability, and even the one I told you that was semantics, like someone had listed a life skill as, as hearing what we don't necessarily, listening to what we don't necessarily want to hear. When someone mm -hmm. tells you, you know, maybe you should get counseling, maybe you should think about counseling, don't, try not to take that as an insult, in, certainly if it comes from me, because as a counselor, as a person who counseled for years, and got my own counseling, I by no means see that as an insulting suggestion. I actually see it as someone saying, hey, I don't want to sit here and tell you what to do. I want you to find someone objective that you can talk to, who you can tell everything to. They're not going to judge you. They're not going to have any, you know, personal investment in it. They're just there to help you see what you need to see to guide you in your own direction and, and on your own path and your own journey. I don't want to inflict my own ideas and thoughts on it. I want you to get someone objective. And so when someone asks you to get counseling, that's actually to me a gift that someone's giving you when they say that to you. Yeah. More importantly, it's an accountability piece because you're taking ownership of your life and saying, okay, I mean, it's just like if you go in for a physical, right? You go in and you make sure that everything's going well. If you go to the doctor for any reason, you know, if you, if you have a cold and, or you think it might be more than a cold, maybe it's developing into something that feels like the flu. You know, if you go to the doctor, okay, it's the same thing with emotions. If something's going wrong, if something doesn't feel right, Go to a counselor. Go to a professional who can tell you what's right. going on. And if you're just not sure but you just kind of want to go get a checkup, you know, just like taking your car in, making sure everything's running right, well, then go in. It, the same maintenance that we put into material things like our cars and our homes, we've got to put it into ourselves. 
Well, and that also goes to boundaries because when you, you know, you may have people in your life that say, oh, you don't need to go to counseling, but you know you need to and you're trying to do that, you can set a boundary for yourself and say, you know, yes, I do, and I'm going to go because I'm doing it for me, I'm doing it for my kids, I'm doing it for my spouse, my partner, my, you know, I'm doing it because I need to do it. So that's a boundary. So you learn, you know, different things. Yeah, well, and and I'm glad you brought that up because a person that would tell you you don't need counseling typically is someone who's an enabler, and they're typically an enabler for many reasons, but a lot of times it's a selfish thing. They don't want to look at their own situation. Maybe somebody told them to go to counseling once and they didn't go, so they would rather you not go because then all of a sudden they feel indicted. And that brings us to that topic I said we'd be discussing next week, which is codependency. There's a lot of Mm -hmm. enabling in that. And one of the reasons we're going to be talking about that is because we – we received a message um, on our Facebook page. We, we encourage everyone to go to our Facebook page and uh, give us messages and send us suggestions for shows. Or if you have a particular problem you want us to talk about, by all means, you can message us and let us know. We had a message we received a year ago that we didn't know we received because we weren't on the air. So somehow we weren't even notified about it on Facebook, which is weird. Um, but neither yeah. one of us knew about it. It showed up. And it's bringing me to this topic, so I want us to cover it. Um, next week, and that is codependency. I'm going to be uh, referencing a book by Melody Beatty or Beatty. I'm not sure how you say her last name, but it's Codependent No More. If any of you have that book or you've read it, um, we hope you'll join us for that as well. And in the next few weeks, we'll be talking about Toxic Parents, a book by Susan Forward, and Toxic Faith, which is a religion as an addiction. So that should be interesting as well. Yeah, I read Melody's book uh, years and years ago because I was in a code, I, I was codependent. Uh, hello, my name's Annette, and I'm a codependent. Um, <laughs> and I, it, I was sad. So uh, one of the one of the things I went to a group, and one of the things was to read that book, and I did, and it was extremely helpful uh, to me. So uh, I encourage go out and get it before the show next week, and do some reading on it. Um, it'll be really good to have a little background before you. You listen to the show, but we're we're coming up toward the end of the show, and I wanted to um, let Tasha talk real quick about. We only have about two minutes. What what are you doing now? What what's going on? Well, let's see. These days, I'm, I'm, there's not much I'm not doing. <laughs> um, I'm actually a life coach. I've added that to my uh, repertoire. So I have, you know, I'm an artist. As always, freelance writer, um, we've already known this before, but I'm, I'm adding life coaching. And if you are in need of life coaching, if you want to look at, hey, do I have these life skills? If you're wondering about that, if you need some advice, if you want to ask me a question about life skills, if you want to get information about it or anything that's going on in your life, you can contact me because I'm offering life coaching online as well as in person. You can go to my website, uh, which right now is just, a Wix website. I haven't given myself a domain name. When I do, I'll let you know. But it's it's www.cherokee, as in the Native American, Cherokee, Shree, C-H-E-R-E-W-I-X, dot com, backslash, Tosh, T-O-S-H. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see everybody or hear everybody next week, or you'll be hearing us next week, talking about codependency and I appreciate everybody listening. 
and listen on our archives and share the words that we're here. So we will see you, talk to you next week. Bye-bye.